0: You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman.
1: Hi, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman, I'm in Bristol, and I'm joined by Joe Wood in Kent. Hi, Joe, how are you? Hi Zoe. Yeah, I'm good. I can't believe it's our 50th episode.
0: How have we got here? It feels like we only just recently started. We do do like to talk though.
1: (laughs) We do like to talk. I I was thinking we need some kind of little celebration or like we need some clever editing person who can make some like party sounds or something in the background. We'll have to work on our editing, but we'll make that happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, so today we're really excited to be joined by Jojo Graham. Jojo is a business expert and she helps small business owners to get into get in control of their business through simplification strategies. Um, but before we have a chat with Jojo, I just thought you, I'd tell you a bit about how you can connect with us. So the, we support bookkeepers who want to start and grow a bookkeeping practice. We run coaching programs for bookkeepers who want to do just that. The best way to find out about what we do is to head to our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com and from there you can get a prospectus of our courses and you can also click on the link to join our Facebook group which is called the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. So Jojo lovely to see you today how are you doing?
2: Yes I am good as good as we possibly can be in these times um Today is my day off mumming, so it's like I, I squeeze all of my calls in and all of my work in at the end of the week, so it's all go go go. But but yeah, it's um it's good. We're in the second month of the year already. I, I can imagine you guys have had a really busy um few weeks with the the tax returns and stuff. But um but yeah, it's it's good. Doing good.
0: Oh, excellent. So JoJo, I brought you on invited you on because I haven't been in your world for a very long time and uh, watched you from afar and then uh, I can't I think was it 2019 that you did your live event or was it
2: yeah oh gosh uh, was it the big one I think that was in 2018 Oh, it was, was it? St Catherine's Dock. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah oh, my goodness. Yeah,
0: and and that's where I met Char, Zoe, who we've been talking about, because Zoe's been on Clubhouse, and, and I was like, I know Char, because that's how I met her at your yeah. event. Yeah, oh, wow. Char, yeah, Char came along, and she was amazing there as well. So I've been following you, and um, at Christmas time, I bought all uh, – you've got the simple content card decks, which I bought – well, I, I bought 15. And then I had to buy more because I um, had extra clients, so um, I had to split up my clients in different directions of who was going to get the contact card packs. Um, but it, they they were brilliant. I ended up with none for myself. I need to buy one for myself. Oh now. no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. They're so so useful. They are so so useful. So and 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 I love your journey because you're but like, you're so young and you've got Noah and you just inspire me so much that how you run such a successful business from home with a small child at home as well and um, yeah so just tell us about your journey to and to where you are now.
2: Yes okay so um, my background's actually in banking so um, I when I um, first kind of was told by my mum like when I was really young you need to go and get yourself a Saturday job I thought right okay what can I do that would be something that I could um, climb the ladder to success and that for me was banking so I went for this Saturday job Got it when I was sixteen. Before I'd even got my GCSE, so I don't know how I like kind of blagged it, but I did. Um, And for me, success has always been kind of something that I've strived for, and I thought that that's some way that I could, you know, make loads of money. I can work my way up, and maybe one day be a bank manager somewhere. So I got that job as a Saturday girl, um, which soon turned into a part-time job while I was studying business management in university. Graduated uni and ironically I didn't know how to actually start a business even though I just got myself a business management degree so I thought right okay um, I don't know how to start a business even with all this knowledge the easy thing for me to do would just be to fall into my bank job full-time so that's what I did at the time um, I lived in West Wales so I don't know if you can hear that the Welsh twang in my in my accent so I was living in West Wales um, but I moved to Cardiff, so I thought there'd be more opportunities there. Um, got some promotions very, very quickly, and I thought, right, okay, this is it. This, Like, I'm on track, I can, I can do this. And it wasn't until um, 2014, so this was, gosh, six, seven years ago now, which feels like yesterday, um, that I went for a promotion, and I didn't get the promotion. And it was one of those things where I just thought, well, why am I allowing somebody else to dictate to me how much I'm worth, you know, to get this pay rise that I so badly wanted and just the recognition and everyone thought that um, I would get the job because I was quite good at what I did. I was always in, in, in like the top three for the whole of Wales in, in my position. And um, it was when I just decided that enough was enough, like I wasn't happy. I was living for the weekends um, and and I just needed something different so that's when I started looking at different options and I got into a kind of side hustle alongside the bank and as soon as I got into that side hustle my entrepreneurial kind of um bone kicked in and that was it I thought right this is my ticket out of the bank so it was the end of 2014 um that I made the decision basically that I was going to leave the bank after eight and a half years and Pursue this entrepreneurial journey um, and go into business. So, I um, before I, I tell you about well, um, when I quit my job, I decided to actually quit my job because um, at the end of that year, I had a car crash, and in that car crash, uh, uh, the car crash happened because. Um, uh, that evening I was in there I was having a meal with my sisters and I said to them and I don't know if any of your listeners believe in the law of attraction or if you guys do I think I think you would um I said to my sisters at the meal I want to get rid of my car I want to quit my job and I just want to start again so on the way home from that meal I crashed my car so I thought right okay um I need to take that as a sign the car's gone I asked for that what else did I ask for I asked to like quit my job so Within a couple of days of that happening, because my car was a complete write-off, um, I handed my notice in for my job way before I was financially ready. And that's not something that I ever recommend anybody do because it was quite risky. Um, but at the time, I didn't have Noah. Um, I didn't have like big, like I had my apartment to pay for and you know things like that, but nothing too big. And I just thought to myself, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? If this um, business doesn't work out, then I'll just get another job. So I quit my job. Um, I moved to London and um, I just started building my business in London and networking and very quickly started building up this network and putting on events and things. Um, And then um, that's when I found out I was pregnant with Noah. So he... um, popped into the picture. It wasn't expected. But it was one of those things where you just think, you know, well, this is it, you know, I've got something else that I need someone else that I need to think about now, not just myself. And he was a big motivation for me driving my businesses forward and, you know, really reaching the success that I wanted. So that was in 2015. He was born in 2016, continued building my business um, and hosting events around London personal development and entrepreneurial events and and then it wasn't until he was around eight months old so this is the end of 2016 that um, people just started coming to me for business support and people would say you know you should be a coach you should be a mentor and I was like well no I don't know I don't think I've got it in me but um, and I was juggling like all the plates as a new mum as well. And then um, we were putting on an event for um, 800, 800 entrepreneurs in central London. It was like the one of the biggest events I put on and it almost broke me. Um, and because it almost broke me, I just thought, right, OK, I'm not actually happy. And the business that I've currently got isn't serving me. Um, it's not making me feel fulfilled. I need to do something about it. So that's when I hired my first mentor and invested a large sum of money and just went all in with my uh, coaching a mentoring business and that was beginning in 2017 um, and ever since then it's just grown from strength to strength Um the network's grown from strength to strength as well um, and that's pretty much the background and the story in a nutshell so since then um, you know I've been to like LA and Marrakesh gone on different retreats I've held retreats myself as well um helped hundreds of clients and I'm not stopping anytime soon so so yeah that's me
1: that's such an amazing journey um, and also like some of the things that like when you've been building your a business around your son as well but and I know that a lot of the bookkeepers in our community are working around children of various ages that's really tough like it's really hard to start a business when you're in that position. How how have you juggled that? How have you coped without getting completely burnt out?
2: Um, I think for me I don't know any different like I don't know what it's like to build a business without a little one because I was already an entrepreneur when he was born and um, when he did come I just decided to take the the mindset and the approach that it's possible and I made that decision that I can do it but um, what I did was I looked at the pockets of time that I had around him to build my business so when he was first born he would have like two or three naps in the day and I would Uh, work my business when he was sleeping. Then it went down to two naps a day and then I would do like a discovery call in the first nap and then a client call in the second nap. Um, And then it went down to one nap and then when his nap stopped, I was like, right, okay, I need to put him in nursery. So I decided not to feel guilty about that. It was a decision that I made because I, I needed to run my business. So um maybe that's why i find it so hard now um he you know obviously the kids aren't in school at the moment to have him home because i'm so not used to ha- um not having my time because i've always kind of managed it but um but yeah it's it's just looking at the solutions rather than the problems so you know working in the evenings working in the mornings um, if it takes, you know, at the moment, if it takes putting an iPad in front of him just to get half an hour piece and I do it. So. So, yeah, it's just being resourceful as well. <laughs> oh,
0: a- absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah. And I'm finding with having the older kids at the moment is making decisions about homeschooling and stuff. And I've had to put my business first a lot of the time in front of homeschooling. And I know other parents have decided to put homeschooling before their business and everyone's got to make decision what's right for them and I love that what you said about you know you chose not to feel guilty and bad about it that's a, a, it is a decision that we have to make you either choose to beat yourself up or you choose not to and just get on with the work and um, yeah. so I think that's a great great motivation our, our community is full of bookkeepers and as uh, we tend to be Um, me and Zoe are a little bit different from the norm but we weren't we have worked we have to push ourselves to come on these podcasts and we have to you know push ourselves to do live videos and everything it's not doesn't doesn't come easy it didn't start off like oh I'm just that's what I'm born to do we've had to work on it but lots of lots of the bookkeepers lack that confidence Um, and at the moment there's been a few of them that have Really struggle to price their what they're worth, or to sell themselves, and to get them out, you know, get themselves out there. And I know you do a lot with around um, content creation and stuff, but you seem to manage to get the mindset element in. And uh, and I love what you talk about with regards to telling stories. Would you, you know, tell us a little bit about what you say? Because I I found that really easy because mm-hmm. then it felt like it wasn't me, me, me. I was telling a story on onto social media which made it feel a little bit easier not so much of a sell
2: yeah no definitely so um I think when it comes to you know if if anybody's listening to this who isn't a bookie like whatever it is that you do if you're finding it hard to put yourself out there to talk about what it is that you do you have to shift it from being about you and about serving and remembering that you are really needed I literally could not my books like it it's not something that i i know i could do like i've outsourced it ever since the beginning because it would fry my brain it fries my brain just logging into hmrc so um it's recognizing that you're needed you know you're a key worker whatever it is that you do like just to have that as a mindset um and then when you get yourself into that mindset it's um going into a serving place. So um, what problem does your ideal client have, you know, every single day when they wake up, they might be a creative person. So they aren't very logical, they're not very good with numbers, but you are so think about your strengths and their weaknesses. And, um, you know, think about how they feel when they think about their tax bill think about how they feel when um they even have to you know put some numbers into a spreadsheet and when you can really step into the shoes of your ideal client it almost it will become easy to just speak from your heart almost onto your social media or onto any platform that you market yourself Um, And when you shift the focus from it being about you, like I'm scared, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to show up and more so, okay, what do they need to hear from me today? Then it it becomes easy and um, it might feel, you know, just hearing that, well, no, it couldn't possibly ever feel easy. But I promise you, it does feel easy when you shift your mindset and think think of
1: it like that. That's a really good tip. One of the things I found quite helpful at the beginning because I f- I felt like that too I didn't really know. I remember thinking okay I want to appeal to the creative sector and I know that they're probably looking at Instagram but I do something that isn't visual how do I put that on Instagram? And uh, and I got to a point where I was like well okay the same like I don't know what to do it's all you know mm-hmm. but actually when you pay attention to the questions that people are asking you you can then go to them and answer it. It's exactly like you said like I feel scared I don't know what to do well they probably feel scared about something about their finances so they are scared yeah. what's the question that they're asking right now okay answer that in a, a loving way really like really yeah. support yeah. them and show them that you can you're there for them and you have the answer and that's when you build that connection isn't it
2: yeah and it is really as simple as that it's like what are those frequently asked questions that they're either asking you they're asking on their social media they're asking themselves or even think about you know what are they currently googling i love that i love thinking like that like what is my ideal client googling today they're googling how to make more money they're they're googling how to get more clients they're googling um you know what content does well for social media so then if you can just think about that then answer those questions within your content and then in a creative way as well where you might be telling those stories then that's when it's going to really really work for you
0: so when you um when you think about the business that you've built now what do you do to keep your business simple because i think when we especially when you're when you've got loads of uh, you've got other distractions with children at home and dogs and other halves and everything it's very important to kind of keep keep things simple, not overcomplicate things. So what are your top tips for keeping your business streamlined and simple?
2: It's um, it's thinking about putting yourself in that customer journey. So, um, you know, when you go to purchase something, you want a really straightforward process. You, you know, you have your problem, um, you know what it is that you need to solve it. You want to just go to that one place, purchase it, have that thing delivered so it's making those steps as simple and streamlined and and kind of take away as many of those steps as possible because people's attention spans are very limited um, at the moment they get less and less and less I don't know what the exact number is like how many seconds before someone gets distracted on social media but you want to capture their attention and you don't want to Um, lose them in that process and I think sometimes when we think about the businesses that we need to run we we feel like we need to have these complicated funnels we need to have all of these different sequences and systems when really actually you just need to have like three things you need to have your social media platform you need to have like one place where they need to go and then that one solution so I always um, get my clients think about that one big problem that their ideal client has Um, And then the one offer that solves that one problem and then have one message in the marketing that will guide them and direct them towards that one offer. We don't have to have these um, value ladders, I think they call them, with lots and lots of different things going on. You know, it's it's okay and it's good to have more than one offer, more than one solution, depending on where someone is in their. Um, you know in what they need and solving that problem but you want to just keep it as simple as possible because a confused mind never buys so if you're feeling confused and overwhelmed then your audience will too
1: That is a brilliant tip. And I think that we forget that. I think because bookkeepers can do so many things Mm -hmm. uh, and just knowing that there are so many different services that we could offer to so many different people, it becomes, if you're particularly for the bookkeepers who are joining us and are starting their practices now um, and they're like, right, I'm looking for my first handful of clients how do I target them because there are just so many opportunities (laughs) there are so many people they could target with so many different things it's really hard and Joe and I talk a lot about finding your ideal client working out where your sort of networks cross over and your interests and things so that you can um it because once you've got an idea of who that niche is that you'd really like to serve it doesn't mean you can't work with other people too but it helps you to go okay well what's their problem what's their pain point right now and what's my solution for those people what is that really the like the the right solution for me to be selling is that profitable is that something I can really give my all to make it a really good service that people shout about and people recommend all the time if you know those people you know what your solution is you know what the price of it is it's really easy to start getting exact very targeted marketing out there to people, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I will say, just because you can, it doesn't mean that you should. Um, you know, they, I'm sure that a lot of the bookkeepers are great at baking, but they wouldn't go selling cakes, you know. It's, so I was thinking about, okay, what is it that I really enjoy, um, and what is it that I want to niche down into? And they're going to create much better results if they think like that than rather than going after everything I I always say that um, and you try and catch two rabbits you end up catching none you are better just having that laser focus on that one rabbit I
0: love that I love that it's so true it's so true and I think as well so it's um because our business our clients sometimes come to us assuming that they know what they want so we sometimes have to train them to say this is what you think you want but this is what we know you need and it's about serving them at whatever area it is and and I think it's it gets a bit confusing because there are so many things that we can do we can you know we could be a VAT specialist or we could do payroll or we can do just pure bookkeeping on its own or we can do advisory services and so somebody new in this in this world gets a bit overwhelmed with what it is so I like the to think especially like what you said Jojo about the fact that what is it you enjoy doing what do you enjoy doing about any of those subjects and then what I've done with my business is that I offer everything but I only do the advisory I have someone that does the payroll someone that does the VAT someone that does the year end so we offer a one-stop shop and I want to, and that is something I wanted to offer because I felt that if there was too many people involved it would get a bit watered down I wanted mm-hmm. to be in charge of the whole process yeah it doesn't mean I have to do all of the work mm-hmm. and that's something else that we need to learn that we can we can outsource some yeah things. that's so, such a
1: good point such a good point even just simplifying who does what within your team uh yeah that's incredibly helpful isn't it
2: yeah it's outsourcing um it when you outsource that makes your life simple I think when you like For me, I think business is easy. It's life that's what's hard. So if you can outsource things that makes it enjoyable to be in your business, that makes life easy, then you can, and then you just focus on the things that you love and you enjoy in your business, then the rest just kind of takes care of itself.
0: Yeah. And I always say the first thing you should outsource is cleaning. (laughs) Yeah, cleaning,
2: definitely. If I could outsource any kind of like house stuff, like the cleaning, but also I think the cooking needs to go next because that's something I
1: don't enjoy. So if our bookkeepers need to get, I suppose take, well, simplify in their businesses or take more control or feel, I, I really think that simplifying can help you feel like you've got more control over business. Mm-hmm. What are your tips for people if they uh, if they want to approach this? Like, where do you start? Because I know that I remember when I started my bookkeeping practice, I had all sorts of different software. I wasn't really sure what I should be focusing on. I felt like I needed lots of things that people were talking about in the sort of bookkeeping community: different bits of software, different apps, different tech, and I didn't. And all sorts of different marketing strategies. I didn't really know. I was just all over the place trying to work out and find my way. So, mm-hmm. if you um, were speaking to a bookkeeper now who was in that kind of position, starting their journey, or who has been going for a little while and perhaps has started to build up these these different systems that aren't really working for them how how can you help them what would you suggest to them Mm
2: -hmm. okay so the first thing I'd probably get them to do and this isn't it's a little bit like off track for for the question but I think it's really important is um, to do a personality test and to get to know themselves and create some self-awareness because sometimes we're always trying to fit a square peg into a round hole so it's when you understand yourself you can understand you know why you are the way you are it might not even be that you've got these um, complicated systems in place it might be that it's just not something that you enjoy and you're good at so um if you're someone who isn't very detailed orientated and you're really struggling with that part then that's some somewhere that you need to kind of bring in help so for me um i understand with my personality i'm great at starting things but i'm not great at finishing things so i need to be mindful of that so What I then do is I look at maybe some projects that I've started that I haven't completed or I need to just tie up some loose ends. And then that just brings a lot more focus to um, the actions that I need to take because I know that's a personality trait that I have. So a great personality test that they can do is um, the Myers-Briggs one. I'm obsessed with it because it's just so me. So I'm an INTJ. Um, But if they go to 16personalities.com, then they can do do that and then they can learn about themselves, what they're good at, what they're not good at. So then that will help them with the outsourcing. Um, And then I would get them to just do it like a massive brain dump. Get everything down that has been perhaps weighing on their mind that they feel like um, is in their business that needs um, that needs, uh, you know, becoming better. So they can um, they can work on certain areas that they feel like are falling short Um, and then they can make a list of uh, things to do to improve each of those areas and just tackle it one one thing at a time I think sometimes we feel like the only reason why it feels complicated is because we're looking at like it as a whole but if you break it down into the little steps well actually right today I'm just going to focus on that one little thing doing that one little thing today is actually going to move the needle um forward quite a lot and that's like that next best step is going to be better than focusing on like everything in one, in one tin. So brain dumping and then writing out that to-do list and just tackling that one thing at a time. Um, I'm always, always doing that. Like I, I literally brain dump um, my to-do list and I don't look at that big list as something I need to get done in a day. In a day I'm like, Great, okay, what one thing can I do today to like move the needle forward? Um, and then um, just looking at the systems that they've got in place and um just having those honest conversations with themselves and asking themselves like have I got this in place because I need it or is it because I think I need it and someone's told me that I should have it when actually if I was to do it a different way it would be completely different um because I think we can get so influenced by what other people are doing and what other people have in place we feel like we should have it well in actual fact it's just not serving us so um those are the three things I'd probably say that they should start off with and then just like having that permission to just create the business that feels good for them and that they want rather than, you know, a a blueprint that someone else has given them.
0: That's so interesting. Someone's actually just said great advice and that they love the personality test too, because it reminds you why you act in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually thinking that now that I've got a team, that might be a really good thing for me to know a bit more about my staff, because I do realize that, and because we're family members as well, that I do have to approach different people in different ways and that they might not hear what I'm saying in the way that I'm saying it because of how they accept information. Um so I think yeah I think that's going to be a little project for me thank you. Yeah.
2: No I, I get um I get everybody that comes into like 3 meters of me to like take the test because I I want to understand them because I just find it so fascinating. But um for me it was just a massive eye opener because I'm an introvert and um I thought I was an extrovert and you know when I show up on social media people would think I'm an extrovert but I um absorb people's energy and it drains me so much. So I would put on an event. So the event that you came to, Joe, after that event, like I was wiped out for two weeks because not only was it, you know, it's hard work to put an event together, but when people, you know, want to speak to you and like, you know, you're serving and you're giving yourself to people, it really does drain you. So now social events, I know that I have to, um, really take that into consideration afterwards and um, even you know when I'm taking calls and I'm speaking to people throughout the day like I'm wiped out afterwards so it's good for me to manage my energy.
0: And that's so interesting I thought setting up because I'm the same as you um, I think it's about being a bit of an empath you kind of yeah. I take on people's I take on people's energy especially where I've been dealing with a lot of business owners that are struggling at the moment with COVID um, if they come on a call and if they have a cry it, it affects me and I thought Zoom would kind of protect me from that no. but it really doesn't it doesn't matter where they are in the country either I can no. still feel feel that um, some people are saying that they love the brain dump and have started writing a weekly list but need to brain dump uh but need to brain dump will help clear my brain to-do list oh okay so they've got a brain to-do list yes I understand yes mm-hmm. um yes Joe. me and my husband did a few years ago and it even helps our relationship
2: Oh, good. Ooh, yeah, well, I know this is all interlinked, you know, these like, business, yeah. personal life relationships, it really is. And, you know, when you've got the other stuff, right, you know, the relationships in your personal life then business, like I said, is easy.
0: And that's and for for me, my husband and my son work in my business as does my sister. So my life and my business are extremely intertwined. So um, it it's very good to understand how I'm communicating with them because mm. I, if if I really wind them all up, then I'm not going to have a weekend either. So no. I need
2: <laughs> I need to be careful. Yeah, and and that goes back to because I was thinking this when you were saying about um, being an empath and speaking to people on Zoom and things like I even if I just get a message from someone, a text message it can imp- it can affect me because you can just feel the mood like I not like this get it gets even deeper but that's where you have to set yourself really strong boundaries like personal boundaries business boundaries so you are protecting yourself and you are almost like seeing yourself not just as a bookkeeper but seeing yourself as a ceo and really stepping into that and creating um you know the business around those boundaries as well
1: I think we're going to have loads of people going off to do personality profiling in a minute. I, I did Myers Briggs probably. I was probably about twenty, so it was a really long time ago. And um, and I reckon I'm probably very. I don't know what what my result was then, but I'm sure I'm very different now. But something I've quite enjoyed doing with uh, people I've been working with is something called Strength Finder. And uh, you can then find out which areas you're really good at, uh, which we were talking about delegation. Mm. And um, and if you know what you're really good at and you want to focus on being really good, like why be average at the stuff you're not very good at by trying to raise the bar there actually if you try and raise the bar at things you're already really good at you're going to be exceptional at those things Mm. so if there's some stuff there that you're not very good at you can identify it and then delegate that stuff so I really like that I'm thought I'm going to go in there go and look this I'm going to do uh... yeah
2: I'm going to do the strengths (laughs) one too because I had a call just before this interview and um, with a client and she I just done the strengths finder test herself, so this has come up twice for me in the past couple of hours. So it, it means that I need to go and do it.
1: <laughs> you need to do
2: it, yeah. Do it. I, I'm, I'll probably do it and, and I'll realize that I've done it before because I'm obsessed with these things, but I can't, I can't remember what, what mine was with um, the strengths finder. Um, but something else that I would say as well is um, I, I actually wrote this on my Instagram just before this call as well is when you are overthinking write and when you are under thinking read so if you have lows going on in your head just um brain dump journal write it all down but when you feel like your head's empty and you need to create some kind of content or marketing go and read go and um feed your mind with something positive or useful and you'll feel inspired and then it will feel like it'll just kind of flow out with your with your content or you know with whatever it is that you're
1: working on brilliant advice i think that yeah definitely and also like connections as well my husband's a creative and we go for a walk in the morning and we were talking about a pitch he was or some, something he was working on and he was able to connect these crazy things together because he just reads really well and he just has lots of ideas so you're right it just fills your mind with stuff that you can work yeah. with
2: always and to the point where sometimes i'm reading a book and i'm like i need to stop because i've got too many ideas and i've got too many things that i want to say and i need to like kind of stagger this out so so yeah but you know it i I found that when i read it i can't remember where i read it i don't know if it was just like a a quote that i came across but it really it was like that light bulb moment for me like oh my gosh yes you know when i do read or listen to a podcast or watch something i'm always inspired so yeah
0: and that's the thing it um we're allowed to be inspired by something and then write about it on social media. You don't have to come up with it. I think people assume everything has to be a brand new thing that you've thought up yourself or else it's plagiarism. And it's like, no, that is not the point of it. You're meant to go and because whatever you're reading or consuming is something different to someone else. And actually you might have read it at a time where it didn't resonate with you, but today it resonates with you. Mm -hmm. So someone else needs to hear it today. So don't Mm -hmm. feel bad. As long as you say, uh, you're like me, I'll be like, I read it somewhere and I can't remember where and it was really good. But as long as you say, you know, I, I came across this or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You're allowed to share it. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to. You don't have to pretend you you wrote it. You don't have to do that. <laughs>
2: no, there's like there's nothing new under the sun, and. Um... I'm, I'm actually doing exactly what you just said. Like I, I listened to a podcast once and this um, lady was on there and she, I don't know if she'd wrote a book or whatever, this was years ago, I listened to it, but it stuck with me that like she said, we're all just a remix. Like we're all just a remix of like little bits of information or inspiration or things we've read or watched or even sometimes subconsciously as just like seen on a billboard or something that might inspire us. And we're just a remix of all of these different things. And as long as you like reference it when you know, or just say, or even just like, you know, sometimes you can't own a bit of it because it's like it's just your perception of it, which is going to be unique to everybody else. I've just um, recorded a whole training referencing um, a, a page that I read in a book last year. And it's pretty much all based on that. And I have I've put the book in it. I said, look, this is where it's come from. This is my take on it, though. So, you know, I think you can do it. <laughs>
1: thanks jojo i think this has been so helpful for people who are feeling overwhelmed i think it's an overwhelming time and Mm -hmm. when people are building a business as well and it can feel like there's just so much going on and i think we'll probably all take things from today we're all going to be going personality testing ourselves (laughs) but also um i think that's really given people some ideas about like not feeling like like don't feel like you have to do the same thing everyone is doing or using the same software everyone is using because you know all these things take time to set up Mm -hmm. if you don't if it's not broke don't fix it kind of thing but also you know about brain dumping getting those ideas out delegating Mm -hmm. just creating some order and working out what's actually going to help me hit my goals and what one thing can I do right now to work towards Mm -hmm. that but that's really helpful um JJ would you like to tell people a bit more about how they can connect with you and how they can find out more about what you do
2: Yeah, no, definitely. They can um, follow me on social media. I've just had my, well, last week I had my Instagram um, deactivated. I've actually got it back now, like a week later, but I started a new one. So I'm just going to, I'm committed to the new one. I lost 4,500 followers. But I got um, like 7,000, not 7,000, I, I wish, 750 um, within like five days on my new one. So I'm like, do you know what? This is my chance to build a brand new engaged audience. So if they want to go find me on Instagram, it's I am Jojo Graham. Um, or they can find me on Facebook at Jojo Graham. Um, or they can go to my website, which is www.jojograham.com. So all really simple. <laughs>
0: my name oh thank you Jojo it's been absolute pleasure having you and I'm sure we're gonna have to well oh we do have you back yeah I think it's next month isn't it yeah 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 end of march so yeah yeah, we will we will have you back again because i'm sure everybody's loved listening to you and um yeah i'm sure you're going to become a friend of our group and thank you so much so yeah everyone go and follow jojo she is great so inspirational and uh it's just so much fun to follow because you really do tell a great story and keep you do keep it simple and that's why i like following you You don't (laughs) overcomplicate
2: anything so it's great oh brilliant that's my pleasure thanks so much for having me
1: No, thank you. And I think um, Jo just gave a really good intro to what's happening at the end of March for bookkeepers in our community. So um, from the 22nd of March till the end of the month, we're going to be running our Bookkeepers Bootcamp. It's our quarterly event. We'll give you loads of motivation and inspiration if you are launching, growing your practice. And we've got loads of lovely guests lined up who we haven't announced the lineup yet actually we'll be doing that really soon but Jojo is going to be joining us so um go and find out about that you can register at sixfigurebookkeeper.com forward slash bootcamp. it's a free event by signing up you just get the emails to make sure you know all about the lineup and when things are happening so go and do that and we will see you next week for another podcast bye everybody
0: Don't forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.